0: You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. We're going to talk about your text messages, what you had to say in the first hour of the show this morning. We love to hear from you, so please do send us your messages through. Before we do, we have another clue for our quiz. Actually,
1: just before I get into the clue for the quiz, speaking of text messages, we would love if you could send us through questions of the day. Yes, indeed. 0491 064 669 is the number to call or text. If you have a Bible question or a spiritual question... Lyle will answer it. <laughs> so usually when you when when you haven't been here, I've had to say, I, you know, I've had to step up and say, I'll answer it no matter what it is. But now I'm just I throw you. There in has not position. been a
0: question sent through yet which we have not answered on air.
1: That's right. So 0491, nope, zero four nine one. Not saying 0, 6, that we will. That will always
0: be the case, because then you might be able to stump us one day. Yeah. But uh, usually we get a chance to go away and do a bit of research if it has stumped us. So, Mm. hey, we love to hear your questions send them through.
1: Amazing. But, hey, let's have another clue for the quiz. I laid out a wool fleece to see if the Lord would use me as he said he would. 0491 064 669. This person laying out a wool fleece uh, to see if God would use them. And if you know the answer to this question, uh, then you can go into the draw to win our weekly prize, which is the... By Bibli, B- how did I say it before? Bib- Biblopoly. Bibliopoly. Bibliopoly, the board game. It is, it is literally Bible Monopoly. You work together instead of against each other. Um, and it is fantastic and amazing and great fun for you to have with your friends or your family. And you can win it completely for free given that you answer the quiz question correctly, which is, I laid out a wool fleece to see if the Lord would use me as he said he was. We have, we have another easier question coming a little bit later. Um, so if you still don't have it, stay tuned for that. But 0491 064 669 is the number to call.
0: Okay, so we've got the text messages coming through here. Uh, someone from a member of a uh, local church here in Hamilton. So we broadcast the breakfast show out of Newcastle. So Hamilton's in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Said they had a great Sabbath there. Um, this is an Adventist church. One of our young members, Cynthia, went to the Arise course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a discipleship course that is held up in Kingscliff. Uh, she was so blessed that she decided to be baptized, to be re-baptized. Uh, the Arise teachers really taught her the love of God and will, and she will do six-month stint
1: as a Bible worker in Queensland. Pre-
0: Please pray for her. God mm. is good.
1: Yeah, I know Cynthia. Uh, you know Cynthia. Yeah, I, I I know Cynthia. I've known her for a while. And so uh, I actually saw her. We, we traveled up to Arise and spent some, a bit of time there. And I saw her at Arise. I knew her before that, and, which was great. And it's awesome that the Lord has worked in her life. And she just feels so impressed to, to do his work. So, praise God. Yeah, praise God for her.
0: On the bomb-sniffer dogs, someone says they surely deserve a medal. Well done, I think so. I'm not quite sure <laughs> maybe how much a they treat? <laughs> will appreciate the medal. They probably prefer a treat, but that's all right. Let's give them a the medal. I agree. Yeah, that's right. Uh, if the government paid for students' fees instead of funding wars planned by the New World Order, there would be much better investment in the future of Australian youth and peace, at least in their lives.
1: Mm. Of course that's in reference to uh, the anonymous donor paying for all of the uh, student debt for all of those people who were graduating college and um, you know what the United Australia Party have have <laughs> offered to pay all student debt. They said they're going to cancel every student debt in existence if they if they get into power.
0: Yeah well um, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of goes like this somebody's going to pay for this yeah. Because when the government has money to pay for things, they get that money from you. Somebody, somebody, someone, always, someone somebody pays, always pays for it. Yeah. Oh, it's so it. funny.
1: It's like, it's kind of like Coke in the bubble type, type deal. Type and and, and it's kind
0: of like this as a student, Lawson. Let me explain to you as a student how it will work. <laughs> if you get your student debt cancelled by the government, you will be paying off your student debt for the rest of your life, just in a different format. Yeah. So rather than paying your debt back, as in, um, paying for your debt, you'll be paying it for it in taxes. Yeah. So uh-huh you'd still be paying for it yeah but the, the 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 yeah the advantage of student debt is you don't pay for it for your whole life it does end that,
1: that's right
0: anyway uh let me see thirty percent, thirty seven percent of pastors believe in a biblical worldview what that explains the state of society if the teachers don't believe the Word of God, what chance does the congregation have <laughs> yeah the moral of the story is I like this text the moral of the story is read the Bible
1: yourself mm-hmm.
0: let the Holy Spirit teach you mm-hmm or you could listen to Faith FM.
1: Uh I would say read the Bible yeah, probably absolutely, number absolutely.
0: 1. I mean hey, we do our best here at Faith FM but we are fallible human beings like everybody else. Mm. Um and absolutely number 1 read the Bible for yourself.
1: Yeah, and we also promote like like it, it is just it just doesn't make sense. Like I just don't know. I think particularly in my position as someone who became a Christian from the outside, it just absolutely does not make sense how anyone would claim to be Christian but then not believe in the entire Bible. And I guess from my perspective, that's because I, I grew up in not in a culture of Christianity. So, I'm like... Man, like even though that was terrible, and my life is like a hundred times better now, I'm just like, oh, why wouldn't I just go back to that? Like, if I really didn't believe it was real, like, um, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't? Why would I burden myself with just having Christianity in my life? Even though there's so many positives, your
0: life hasn't been burdened by
1: Christianity. Your life is amazing. I I know, but the burden, the burden of taking on a culture that's foreign to me. Even though I don't even believe that it's true. Whereas for me, like that has totally been motivated. You know, my, like I reflect on my life and a lot of the change that God's made in my life has been, has been motivated by, yes, I believe like there is a God that's real that's working in my heart. Um, but I allow him to work in my heart. I, you know, I choose to follow him because I know that he's real.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, yeah, interesting.
0: Okay. So Lawson, here comes the one on cryptocurrency. Yeah, nice. It seems in in a write-up I was reading yesterday, it was actually caused by large financial institutions. One specifically mentioned was BlackRock. Say no more. Mm -hmm. Uh, Crypto will come back but be controlled by government and banks. Mm. part of the plan they all have to control all the digital money in the world so no one can buy and sell
1: yeah i think like crypto crypto won't cease to exist it's just that like, i was talking a little, i didn't really have the time to get into it. i was talking about uh, uh, about a little bit off air but people trying to pretend as if crypto because the point about this crash that happened is there was a, a coin that was really famous and it was called a stable coin uh-huh. Uh, and that it was, you know, it was, it it couldn't fail. But it's not a coin; it's zeros and ones. But it's, it's zeros and ones, and it obviously failed. And lots of people lost a ton of money. And because there's just no, there's no. Federal Reserve of crypto. There's nothing that yes. actually ties it to value, and so it's the market is so volatile. So look, if if you want to live that life, get in and make money and leave, then then cool. But like, yeah, I I I the thing that I'm against is people preaching its praises as as the the new form of yeah, just being able to live because I just know that I I didn't lose a lot of money because I wasn't invested in it, so I'm I'm sweet.
0: Okay, voice of the martyrs. Imagine being stoned to death will. Pre- For preaching about the love of Jesus, a true martyr. Our time will come. The time will come when we will not be able to read the Bible anywhere in the world according to the Bible. Not Mm. sure how that would happen, but if God says that is good enough for me, consider North Korea. Mm. All right. So that was – oh, we've got some more text messages here. Wow. Good to hear you back, Lyle. That was from Sky. Thank you, Sky. (laughs) Um, And Janelle says, it was a blessing to have Etienne speak at our church. Great to hear how many people have signed up to Voice of the Martyrs as well. Mm. So – uh, go Etienne. All right, time for our Bible study. Let's get into it. We are in Genesis chapter 22, so let's oh, wow. go to Genesis 22. This is one of the most famous chapters of uh, the whole Bible, but definitely the, probably the most famous, maybe maybe the second most famous chapter of the book
1: of Genesis. Okay. We're, chap- we're doing a little bit of a time skip here, though. We are. We are we're, we're jumping a little bit, and I think that's maybe because we... Uh, we in your absence, Lyle, we tarried a little bit. you tarried yeah, we tarried behind. um I think we we got we can just like summarize in a few words, but we pretty much we completed chapter seventeen and we got up to chapter eighteen. that's now we're jumping to chapter twenty two.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a big jump,
1: isn't it? Yeah. so what did we finish up with then? uh what were the we about? the Ishmael. Uh, Sarai, Sarah, Sarah, yes, Hager right. yes, yes, situation. Yes, 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 that's, yes, that's kind of yes. where we were at. We were um, there. and yes, yeah, so I would say like we're pretty much in chapter 18. Right. Yeah.
0: Pretty much in chapter we
1: 18. We can, because, because we're following our 20 million movement Bible study, 20 million people reading the same part of the Bible all at the same time. But at towards the end of last week, it just started going one chapter a day and we were like, not keeping it, up. D- dwelling in the chapters earlier from the week. So, so yeah, I guess if we can... We'll just take a hyper jump. We can just jump yeah, forward just in the future. Jump. Okay, a few, few points to know. Uh, Abraham and Sarah end up having a son. Yes. His name is Isaac. Another point, Sodom and Gomorrah gets destroyed, and then there's a really messed up story about Lot and his daughters. Um, yes. And then there is a story of Abram and Abimelech, and then, yep, chapter 22.
0: Okay. Chapter 22 is not just one of the most famous chapters in the Bible, it is also one of the most controversial. Mm.
1: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: So we're going to look at the chapter where this is is the story of the sacrifice of Isaac. Mm. And it raises a whole bunch of questions. Because it's like, okay, how do you understand this particular chapter in the context of God's prohibition against human sacrifices? How do you uh, understand this chapter in the context of God prohibiting uh, anyone from taking human life? Mm. Um, How do you understand this uh, chapter in the context of God's eternal covenant through Isaac? Mm -hmm. What's actually going on here is, is God just as bad as every other pagan God that was in existence out there? And is God completely being totally um, what would we, what would we say contradictory to himself I mean let's face it Lawson if somebody came to you within your church and said you know God spoke to me last night and God told me to go and sacrifice my son you yeah. would say no God did not speak to you last night Satan spoke to you last night mm-hmm. and that's very clear because of what the Bible says
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and I would say the same thing yeah without any shadow or any hesitation whatsoever at all, and then i 'd probably go and find some help
1: some for that appropriate person. yeah some,
0: some appropriate help for that person yeah. because if yeah. they 're starting to have those kind of thoughts it 's like yeah that's pretty delusional mm, you, mm. you 're really dealing with some uh, some major um, issues,
1: yeah, but I think like the language around the chapter people 's perspective on the chapter from the outside and the common questions that comes up kind of. Um yeah, kind of informs a uh, a lot of misconceptions about the chapter because like you introduced them the story of the sacrifice of Isaac. Yes. And the question is, was Isaac sacrificed? Yes. No, no. Yes. They're, like yes. What? No. Yes. What what do you mean? Yes. Okay, and this like is in the interesting sense? thing, and,
0: and you'll also notice something else that I did there was I talked about the sacrifice of Isaac. Is it the sacrifice of Isaac or is it the sacrifice of Abraham? Mm. Who's making the sacrifice? Mm. You know, yeah. there's, there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch yeah. of uh, questions that arise from this, and and we really want to hear your thoughts on this particular chapter as we go yeah. through.
1: I am um, actually just quickly, I uh, I saw yeah, just kind of a, a famous influencer uh, among my generation they were talking about like this they were talking about bible characters for some reason they were doing like a they they were doing a youtube video where they were ranking bible characters from the perspective of someone who knows very little about the bible and it was kind of like it was a live stream and people were like pitching in and stuff and like how they should rank them and it came to abraham and they were like abraham that's the guy who killed his son and they like put him in like the bottom tier and it was like because they're like, "Oh what a coward, what a like weak guy." And again just informing them the misunderstanding about what actually took place in the story because again it comes back to that key, key question like was did Isaac die?" and the that's right the answer is no <laughs> like no well this is
0: the other thing too is is that you know that, that you're on, on your YouTube that you're watching people are commenting about what a weak guy mm. Well, it's actually true.
1: Mm.
0: Abraham was old and frail, mm. so who made the sacrifice?
1: Mm. Wow.
0: you know, it's Isaac that got on the altar. Mm. Yeah, because there's well, no way. There's no way that Isaac could have. Uh, you know, if Isaac had decided, like, no, I'm not going to have a part of this, he could have just walked away. Mm. You know, so who's who's actually making the sacrifice yeah. right here? And I think these are some of the major points that people miss when they read this story, mm. and they just, you know. They just look at it from a very shallow perspective, uh, and there's some really deep lessons that we can learn mm. uh, from Genesis 22. So let's start reading the uh, chapter. Lawson, let's uh, give us, say, the first three or four verses there.
1: In Genesis chapter 22 and verse 1, the Bible says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham God called. Yes, he replied, I am here. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go to sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for the burnt, for the fire, uh, for a fire for a burnt offering and set out to the place God had told him about on the third day of their journey Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance.
0: yeah you know when you look at the land of Palestine it seems like the journey was a little bit slow mm-hmm. it's not a very big it's not a very big place and he wasn't that far mm. and I kind of wonder whether he was delaying a little bit and taking a fairly relaxed journey I think yeah oh I, well, I don't think I he would have been his, relaxed. No, not relax, but um I think if I was in his shoes, I'd probably take the definitely take the scenic route to yeah that's eye.
1: right mm.
0: stretch it out as long, because you'd be like, okay, um God's told me to do this, and uh, how did he know that well, because he was somebody who spoke to God on regular occasions and he was very mm. familiar with the voice of God um he had had Jesus you know come and eat with him in his tent mm. just recently, and so this is this is all taking place, and uh, There would be a lot of questions that would be going through his mind at this particular point, but really it is a test and also a demonstration of faith Mm -hmm. because, you know, when you think about, and we'll probably talk more about this as we go through the week, but when you think about Abraham's faith and Isaac's faith, you know, there are times when, you know, I've gone in for surgery. you ever had surgery? Uh,
1: General- no, I've never had, I've surgery, had surgery before. Surgery. I've broken like lots of bones, but escaped surgery every single time.
0: General anesthetic?
1: Um, I haven't, have I been knocked out? Yes. I, maybe when I was young, I think so, but.
0: Don't really remember it. Nah,
1: nah, not really. I think I'm I'm coming up I, on I, some I, knee recos. I've but- been
0: knocked out, but I don't remember it. Oh, okay. I remember the bit before and the bit after.
1: Uh-huh. Well, I I've been knocked out and I don't remember it. Uh, no,
0: not with no, not, not with, with anaesthesia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> with
0: a head trauma.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. Okay.
0: So, um, but you know, when you think about what's going on here, we don't have a huge amount of fear in today's day and age of having a general anaesthetic, mm-hmm. where we go, where we become entirely unconscious and we sleep for a period and then we become conscious again. Mm. We might have some fear about what the doctors are going to do while we're un- under anesthesia, but we don't have a fear of the anesthesia itself. In fact, uh, when you're going in for a surgery, it's the one thing that you're looking forward to because you are stressing out in your mind, like, oh, they're going to go and do this, and they're going to cut me open, and this is going to happen, mm. and that's going to happen, and that's not going to be fun, and all of these mind games are happening. But the anesthesia is like, oh, just bring it on, bring it on, bring it on, because then I won't have to worry about it, and I, I will be stress-free. mm and so uh, when you look at the promise that Abraham has received and Abraham has been promised, yes, Isaac is the promised child. Uh, Isaac is the one who, through whom the um, the promise will be fulfilled that you will be the father of many nations and many people. Then you look at that and you can see that if you actually really believe that, then what's going to be happening at this sacrifice is going to be temporary, and it's going to be nothing other than a short sleep. Mm. And why would you be afraid of that? You know, if you really believe that. Mm. And this is this is where it comes down to the the concept of faith and what faith really is. You know, it's a little bit like the guy who used to do the tightrope walk uh, walk across Niagara Falls. Yeah, wild. You know, and and uh, and and, and he pushed a wheelbarrow across. Yeah, and then he's like talk to the crowd and, you know, he was a showman and that's what you do. You, you you get the crowd all excited and it's like, who believes that I can push this wheelbarrow across? And they're all like, yeah, 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 yeah. So he singles somebody out. It's like, do you believe I can push the wheelbarrow across? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, okay, get in the wheelbarrow. If you actually really believed it, there would be no fear.
1: That is so insane. There that, would be no yeah, fear. Yeah, wow. If you mm-hmm. really believed it. Mm-hmm.
0: The only reason that there would be any fear in getting into the wheelbarrow is if there was... A shade of doubt somewhere in the back of your mm. mind. Now, for me, yeah, I'd have a lot of doubt. I'm would you?
1: Sure. Would you get in the wheelbarrow? No. I no. would. I would. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would. Hundred percent. I'd get in the wheelbarrow. Yeah, i I'd. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> There's just this. This something inside of me that would need to do it. I'm like, you, you know, like I'd I get in the wheelbarrow with a with a with a, a life jacket and a parachute. A parachute. No, not for me. Absolutely. Do you like? Do you like roller coasters, la well?
0: I don't mind roller coasters. They. are yeah,
1: lame. yeah. I think roller coasters are kind of lame, but the concept and idea of like giving someone else like total control of your life, like I'm in in terms of like a danger sense, I'm totally okay with that. I'm totally okay with yeah, sitting there. But the,
0: see, with a roller coaster, it's like how many times has that thing been around and nobody's ever been hurt? That's right. And it's designed to keep you safe. You know, when you get out on your motorbike, for instance, yeah, then that's, that's a different kettle kind of fish. Actually, that's so
1: true. I I sit in the passenger seat often, and you know, squeeze the. Pretend break um, <laughs> when I'm in the car, with people. But I don't know. There's something about the wheelbarrow that is alluring to me. It's just calling
0: go. me in. Lawson's
1: Lawson's going to do it. <laughs> well,
0: Abraham was certainly somebody who was prepared to get in the wheelbarrow when God was pushing it. Wow.
1: You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Well, let's have
0: another clue for our quiz.
1: Okay the final clue. So we know that this person uh already they laid out a wool fleece to see if the Lord would use them um as he said they would. Uh but right now I am one of the judges of Israel zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call if you know the answer, and if you do know the answer, you can go into the draw to win Bibleopoly, the best. Uh, well, I actually don't know. Actually, I I played a fair if you, if share of Bible this, board games. If you win this,
0: you have to invite us over. You have to invite a- us games over night, for night.
1: games nine and dinner. Um, you can, you know, cook me some vegan food and, and bring me over. Like, <laughs> you know, I like I won't stop you from doing those things. 0491 Of course, that prize will be drawn at the end of the week. And if you answer correctly today, you will go in the draw to win this prize. But again, 0491 is the number to call and text.
0: Okay, so Sky wants to know whether uh, these Bitcoins are like adult Pokemon.
1: Um, yeah, like I guess anything that is worth monetary value in trade, well, you don't don't find stuff
0: that doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, Uh, instead of going out and finding random things that don't exist, um, you either buy them for a really expensive price or you set up a mining rig, like a Bitcoin mining rig, which is worth a lot of money that will get you small fractions of it that will eventually be worth more money than you than you spent. Yes. Anyway. Which, which is uh yeah there's there's yeah. But um interesting. Th- thank it's you inter- for your que- question squ- Sky. Um, I, I think there's actually some validity to that. Oh yeah, just the fact that it that it doesn't exist and yeah. its price is You're just
0: playing with stuff that does not exist. Yeah, that's right.
1: It's the price no, it's is totally toys. totally dependent on opinion.
0: Okay, Isaac loved God so much that he was willing to be sacrificed. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son that he waited 100 years for, also because of his love for God. There is the gospel right there. God the Father and God the Son sacrificed for humanity. And and this is an interesting question, is who gave the greatest sacrifice? And mm-hmm. we always assume and we just always sort of run with, okay, then clearly the person who gave the most, the greatest sacrifice was Jesus because he was the one who suffered on the cross. But any parent will tell you it is much harder to watch your child suffer than to actually take that suffering yourself. Mm. So I think parents are going to go with God the Father gave the greatest sacrifice Mm. and non-parents will go with Mm. Jesus gave the greatest sacrifice, the long and the short of it is that everybody sacrificed a tremendous amount. And you see that in the story of Abraham and Isaac Mm. where both of them willingly Gave a sacrifice.
1: Well, right now they've come to the mountain. They've got some <clears> wood. Um, and on the third day of their journey, they they look up and Abraham sees the mountain right there. Indeed he does. Mm. And so, um, of course, Mount Moriah, this is where the temple would
0: later be built. Mm. This is an area that was wow. familiar to... Abraham, because he had been there before. Because if you go downhill from the Mount of Moriah, you find the city of Salem, which was where Melchizedek was the king and the priest. Mm. And so, of course, the the city of Salem would, in those days, have been a very small hamlet. Uh, whether it even had a wall or not, we don't know. But it was certainly it was based around a spring. And uh, the Mount and Mount Moriah was, you know, was on the, on the hill behind that. And of course, you go there today. And that has all been, you know, covered by what's called the Temple Mount, mm. which has a very large retaining wall around it. Some of it, some of which, you know, dates back to the time of Solomon, and to create a very large flat area or a flat platform area on top of the um, on, on top of the Temple Mount. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know. This is this is where Abraham is traveling to. It's not a remote location in that you know that's nobody around. There are there is definitely people around because you've got you've got the uh, the city of Salem right there. Mm. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's where they're traveling to, and of course, when they get there, Isaac he's he's a sharp character. He makes some observations. Let's keep reading. Let's see what happens.
1: Yes, if we. Keep reading and there's just heard a drill noise coming yeah, from outside. Sorry, Someone started the hammer drill. But we'll pick it up in verse five, I believe uh, we got up to. It. it says, stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there and, there, and then... We will come right back. So he doesn't even tell the servants. Well, this is what interesting because you,
0: you sort of think about this, you know, and you picture in your mind's eye a very steep mountain, and they're climbing up, you know, this big high mountain mm. to get there, and leaving the servants at the bottom. And that's kind of the the picture that you get. But when you go to visit Jerusalem today, it's not exactly what you see. It's
1: a bit of a hill.
0: Yes and no. The thing the thing that's important is that you've got to remember is that those valleys have been filled up over the last few thousand years. Mm. You know, there are there are literally hundreds and hundreds of feet of rubble in those valleys that are surrounding Jerusalem now that never used to be there in the past. And they used to be a lot lot, you know, probably at least 300 feet deeper than what they are right now mm. uh in the time of Abraham. Well, even in the time of of David they would have been 300 feet deeper than what they are are now. And so you look at them like, yeah, those are impressive valleys, but not that impressive. Mm. Well, back then, you know, this would have been a decent mountain, and um, they've come to the foot of it, and before they climb up it, they leave the servants behind. Mm. Okay, let's keep going.
1: All right, we continue on in verse 6. The Bible says, So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. Well, we have fire and wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked together.
0: There's an interesting statement right there, which, of course, is so accurately fulfilled in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, this is a Messianic prophecy that Abraham makes in an effort to, not to have to break the horrific news to his son as to what God has said to do. Mm. And uh, you can sort of see Abraham right here, You know, he's been confronted with the question that he has been avoiding the entire way and Isaac has avoided asking it in front of the servants because it's a little bit embarrassing that we're going to Mount Moriah to give a sacrifice but we didn't bring a sacrifice. Mm. And so he doesn't say that in front of the servants. That's a polite thing to do as far as the son goes. But now that they're alone together, and he's carrying the wood, and, and and Abraham's carrying the fire, and he's like, "Where's the where's the sacrifice? Mm. Where is the animal for a sacrifice?" And Abraham obviously can't bring himself to to state it. And I think that this shows, you know, that Abraham was human; that he did have humanity. And it's a little bit like, you know, we come back to the example of Blondin, who was walking across the Niagara Falls. You know, and and says, you know, who's going to ride? A, who, I'll carry someone on my back. You know, mm. and now his, his manager eventually got on his back and was carried across. But that's great. So you know, you call out to somebody from the audience, and they're like, "Yeah, we believe you can do it." Okay, if you really believe, then then get on my back or climb in the wheelbarrow. Sit me in the I'm wheelbarrow, like. man. Yeah. I'm going to do it. And uh, if you you know if you really believe that it's a thing, then you would do it, and his manager actually really believed he could do it, mm. and so he climbed on his back. The interesting thing about that is, though, do you think the manager had no nervousness while it was taking place? I'll guarantee that the <laughs> manager was just about wetting himself with nervousness because <laughs> yeah. even though he had faith, his faith was not 100%. Mm. And this is where Jesus says if you've got faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Mm. And uh, it's one thing to have faith, but it's another thing to have faith that is entire trusting faith, where there is no fear whatsoever at all. Yeah, wow. Well. And you can see in Abraham's experience here that, yeah, there was some
1: reticence, mm.
0: which shows some a level of fear. Anyway, we're going to talk more about this story as we go through
1: the week. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different
0: the breakfast show here on faith fm we are about to have question for the question of the day
1: Yes, we are about to have question of the day. Um, and right now, uh, I, oh, I was going to give one last chance for people to answer our quiz correctly. So I'll quickly run through some of the question, uh, some of the clues here. It says, "The angel of the Lord told me to deliver the Israelites out of Midian." Uh, then it says, "I laid out a wool fleece to see if the Lord would use me as He said He would." And finally, "I am one of the judges of Israel." Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call if you know the answer, but right now it is time for Question
0: of the Day
1: Alright, we have a question of the day coming in here from Brayden, and he asks, can you clarify First Timothy chapter 3 verse 8 to 13, specifically in regards to someone that has gone through separation, how is it how is that keeping in line with the text and thus not meeting the requirements to be a deacon?
0: Okay, so First Timothy chapter 3 Uh, looks at the qualifications first of all for an elder and then for a deacon. And in relationship to a deacon, uh, it says this in the same way, deacons must be well respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. They must be committed to the mystery of the faith now revealed, must have a clear conscience before they are appointed as deacons. Let them be closely examined. If they pass the test, then let them serve as deacons. In the same way, their wives must be respected and not slander others. They must exercise self-control and be faithful in everything they do. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and household well. Those who do well as deacons will be rewarded with respect from others and will have increased confidence in their faith and in Christ Jesus. And so the issue here is that uh, one of the qualifications for a deacon is that he must be faithful to his wife. That we need to remember to read what the Bible says and what the Bible doesn't say. There's a difference between being faithful to your wife, and uh, between uh, uh, and 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 uh, and being in harmony with your wife. And so, somebody who's gone through a separation, obviously, they're not in harmony with their wife. But were they sleeping around and being unfaithful? And if they were sleeping around and being unfaithful, then they have disqualified themselves to for the position of being a deacon. Mm. However, uh just because the, you know, the marriage hasn't worked for whatever reason, that does not necessarily disqualify them uh, as the Bible speaks right here. If you go back and look at the qualifications for an elder, you're going to find that the qualifications for an elder are basically the same. And, of course, the deacons biblically were to be the social workers in the community. These were the people who were to run things like food rescue and depression recovery programs, those kind of things that we have in our church today. That was the job and the role of the deacons. So often in in churches today we have this tradition, and I don't know about your church, but in my church we have this tradition where deacons are the people who take up the offering and mow the church lawns. Uh, You don't need to be ordained and set apart by the uh, laying on of hands and the infilling of the Holy Spirit to be able to take up the offering and mow the church grass. That's just ridiculous. Sorry for being blunt. Um, that's not the role of a deacon. When you look at the biblical model of a deacon, you find that the deacon was fully qualified to go out and baptize people. Mm. Uh, if only we practiced, you know, biblical the biblical model in all of our churches today, then our churches would be so much more powerful and growing so much more. But when we look at the qualifications for an elder and a deacon, they are basically the same because the reason they're the same is because there is no hierarchy here. An elder is not a higher qualification for a deacon. A deacon is not a higher qualification than than an elder. They are both on exactly the same level. They just have different roles. An elder is uh, somebody who teaches the Bible, whereas a deacon is somebody who ministers to the community. And both of them are necessary to the functioning of the church. That's what the church is there for, is to do both of those things. Now, of course, you've got the situation where Paul is writing this. Clearly, Paul is an elder, he is, he is uh, an elder within the church and has been ordained. The Bible speaks about him being ordained for that work, and yet he was a single person. We don't know whether he was separated or whether his wife had passed away, but he was a single person. He did not have a wife. You've got Timothy here, who is the elder of this particular church, and he was a teenager. Mm. Okay so we've got to remember he's not married either, and so neither of these men have married have have wives and so some people take a very literal reading it's like well it's required that you have a wife and it's required that you have children to be able to fulfill this role no what the Bible is saying is that if you are married and you do have children then it is required that you are somebody who is a good sane sober moral citizen who looks after his family well that's the principle that is outlined here in very very clear language and so uh if You know, your marriage has broken apart for tragic reasons, then there might be some very good reasons there why you are not qualified to be a deacon. But in and of itself, that does not disqualify you. Mm. Uh, The issue that uh, Paul particularly raises here is the issue of faithfulness to your wife. Have you been faithful to your wife or have you been having affairs in the background? And uh, that's that's the issue as it's outlined here. And so, of course, affairs in the background and so forth, all that kind of thing. Sexual immorality disqualifies you, whereas a lack of harmony? We live in a world of sin. Uh, this is something that comes into marriages from time to time. And uh, tragically, separation is necessary at times for both the health of the parents and the children. And so um, the Bible... Uh, uh, Provides for that in very, very clear language. You'll find Paul speaks about the principle and the, the concept of separation when necessary in the book of Corinthians. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM. It is the end of the show, mm-hmm. which means that we're about to give something away entirely for free. Yep. Lawson, what have you got for us?
1: Quick question. Okay.
0: A question. A
1: question. question quick, quick question, Law. Mm-hmm. Is Jesus enough? Mm. I have a book that has that title. Okay. And, yep, the the title. I already answered it. Like, yes. Yes. But this book is all about that topic. Is Jesus Enough? Living in the Light of His Love by Dan Jackson.
0: That sounds like a fantastic book right Mm -hmm. there, and it answers a question a lot of people are going to be asking, Mm -hmm. particularly those that haven't really experienced Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Or might be beginning to, beginning to experience Jesus and, and, and experiment with their faith and so forth. Uh, is this going to be enough? Absolutely it is. And this book will sounds like it will tell you all the reasons how and why.
1: Yeah, we'll give you that indication. 0491 064 669 is the number to call or text. If you are the first caller or texter through, you'll get this book completely for free. Also, the answer to the quiz, to those who did not know, was Gideon. So if you got it correct and you entered in for the draw at the end of this week, congratulations, your name will be put in there. And stay tuned throughout the week so that you can get multiple entries in as well.
0: Fantastic stuff. All right, we like to remind you every day to spend time with Jesus. Uh, it's best to spend time with Jesus Just you and yourself Him and you alone So spend some time reading the Bible Spend some time mm. in prayer That's important But it's also important to do it with other people So if you'd like to join a small group Bible study Then give us a call right here And we will make that happen for you as well Of course Lawson and myself We're both involved in small group Bible studies So maybe sure. you could even join one of ours But as you go through this day Don't forget to talk faith Live faith Act faith And you will grow strong in Jesus Christ
1: God be Secure the